0: There we back. go. <laughs> okay, that's not my hat, that's my hat here. <laughs> Steve, do you, want, do you want to introduce them, Steve? Or? Oh, that'd We've be all met. <laughs> I think they know me too well. Too <laughs> familiar. <laughs> I think it's too, my third time here. Yep, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. good to be with you today. For those that might be listening, yes, my name is Jorge Sedaka. I'm the Director of Chosen People Ministries in Canada, been here since 2010, came from the U.S. and uh, the Lord brought us here, and uh, we're having a great, great time, it's been a great time of service. This one, September, is 13 years, I started in September of 20, 2010, in our, when we had our uh, Haverine conferences close by here in Guelph, and so uh, that's when I was introduced officially, so we, we hope to come back. By the way, can I sh- throw a little advertisement? We hope to come back. You know, we used to have our haverim. Haverim means friends in, in Hebrew. We used to have our haverim friends conference every, every year, the weekend after Labor Day, Friday night and then Saturday all day. And uh, after the pandemic, we had to cancel some things and uh, people didn't want to come and so forth. But now we're back and we hope to have it back next year. So uh, for you that are here and for those that might be listening, keep uh, keep your eyes open and uh, check uh, our website and so forth, chosenpeople.ca. And uh, we hope to have it next year. It'll be either the weekend after uh, Labor Day or another week. We're de- waiting on the Guest speaker to tell us which one works for him, but there's uh, been prayer that we can do that because we every, always talk about God's plan for Israel and how we can share our our the gospel with the Jewish people and other topics like end time things and so forth. So uh, I think that if we get the speaker we're wanting to get uh, this time, it will be. Uh, on the relationship between Israel and the church in God's plan. I won't talk about it now, but uh, as you know, there are some uh, Christians that uh, have different views about the relationship between Israel and the church in God's plan. So uh, we hope to set that straight. We try all the time. Uh, But uh, just to give you a heads up, uh, according to Scripture and our belief, the Church has not replaced Israel I mean, that's bad. I'll just leave it at that. So your curiosity lasts until next year in September, so you can come and find the answers that you want. So that'll be the topic probably for that if we get there. It died on us. Oh, I gotta, gotta move ahead. I don't know what happened, but. Anyway, I mean, I can pitch without that, but that's a, let's try that again, eh? Maybe it's a cable in there. Yeah. yeah. you want to put you pull it too much? On pause, oh, oh it changed colors on me. Okay. <laughs> I'm colorblind, so I don't know. I know it changed, though. Okay, let me go back. If I can go back to the beginning. Now i ahead of myself. That huh? is... Yes. That's strange that's weird. that's weird did I mess up your computer your computer no I think this cable <laughs> yeah it's probably the cable I don't think I have one of those if not, I usually carry some but not the... okay well let's do it as quickly so the we won't run out <laughs> uh, so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll we'll go to the word father thank you for this day thank you that we can gather among brothers and sisters in the Lord to worship you and honor you, Father, and as we go into your word, uh, may you be the one speaking to our hearts and may I be your instrument to uh, remind us of what your word teaches about the work of the Lord Jesus when he was among us, how he completed your plan. So, Father, uh, may your name be glorified in my heart's be warned by your word and may our minds and understanding grow as we come to your word. We ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, I chose a topic today about uh, it is finished because we are uh, about to begin the day of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. if fact, it starts tonight at sundown. Uh, and If you are interested, also I have some resources that I brought, and there's a table over there. These talk about the Feast of Israel. We had last week what we call the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Teruah, also known as Rosh Hashanah, the New Year, the civil Jewish New Year. And then uh, we're doing Yom Kippur today and tomorrow. And then next week is the beginning of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. So, this 3 this talk about God's appointed times, all the feasts. This one is only on these three feasts, the four feasts of Israel, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And this one covers all of the feasts, uh, Israel in holy days. So, there's some others that you might want to look at, and uh, I'll put it right here. And uh, also, we just came out of the oven, this uh, new Messianic Jewish calendar. You're one of the first ones to see it. So if you're interested, it has all the Jewish feasts, holidays, scripture readings for every week, as well as the U.S. and Canadian holidays. So you can use it. Good, good one to have and good one to give to some uh, friend, a Jewish friend maybe that doesn't know the Lord because it does have scripture in it. It does have messages. It has prayers for Israel included. So, so today I want to talk about uh, Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. But as we begin, is what is the purpose of God, including the feast or the uh, times of encounter, the meeting? You know, He established these times of gathering with His people, special times. Why are they in the Bible? You say, I'm a Christian, I'm not Jewish. Why do I? Why do we? Well, there's several purposes that God put in, in, in when He establishes these feasts. Um, one is to reveal His plan. Because the Feast of the Lord, even though they celebrate specific times that have something important happening in the history of Israel, uh, they also point out God's plan for Israel and for all of us, for that matter. So they reveal his plan of redemption for Israel and for all mankind. It is also to celebrate God's faithfulness. God is a faithful God, as you know, and we're grateful that he is because we can trust him huh? you and i know people that say oh i'll be there tomorrow at nine <laughs> and you wait and you wait and then say, it happened to me this past week twice with a person that said he was in need and i we I agreed to meet someplace and he didn't show up and see yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry let's meet up and i went the second time he didn't show up so i said Okay, you're not serious about this. Right. So people don't keep the word. But God is a faithful God. So the feasts tell us that God is faithful because every year they come and they go. Then all the feasts also point to Messiah Jesus somehow. All of the feasts. Yeah. One way, some more than others, but all of them point towards Jesus. So it's good to know what they're about. Mm? Uh, as a as a Christian, you might be a Jewish believer, a non-Jewish believer. It is good to know because we understand God's plan. They point us to Messiah Jesus. And they also give us hope for daily living. Mm, We all need hope in these days. We live in dark days. We live in difficult days. We live in days, as it was mentioned earlier, where uh, the word of God is disregarded and when people go totally opposite of, of God's will. So we need hope for now and for the future. And that's what the feasts also talk about. And also, the feasts give us a glimpse of the future because some of the feasts have already been fulfilled, but some of the feasts also point to a future fulfillment. And this one that we are going to talk about today is one of those that uh, was fulfilled, but also has a future fulfillment. So they point to the future. So they give us a glimpse of the future. So today we're going to talk about the day of atonement, or called Yom Kippur, and Yom Kippur is about redemption, is about forgiveness, is about the love of God for us. It's one of the, it's the holiest day in uh, in Judaism and for Israel. Um, between sundown today and sundown tomorrow, uh, total day of rest and uh, other things that take place as well. Uh, there's services in the in the uh, in the synagogues and the temples and uh, and there is fasting and some other things that we'll talk about but it's a total day of rest uh, that God instructed and we'll, we'll look at the word of god but it's about forgiveness about atonement according to scripture is supposed to be gained through a substitutionary sacrifice hmm? from the beginning god even you remember Cain and Abel, they offered offerings to the Lord, and one was accepted and one was not. And uh, the sacrifice of, that involved blood was acceptable to the Lord. So, uh, as we saw this morning, there were consequences of the fall, and and God, after he establishes, got to be shed blood, uh, a sacrifice of blood, so that uh, there will be atonement for our. So in Leviticus chapter uh, 23, it it establishes this feast of uh, Yom Kippur, uh, or atonement, starting on verse uh, 26. Leviticus 23, starting on verse 26, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And ye shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make an atonement for you before the Lord your God. For whatever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in the same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. And whatever soul it be that doth any work in that same day, the same soul will I destroy among you and in, in, among his people. You shall do no matter of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and in your dwellings. It shall be unto you a Sabbath rest of rest. You shall afflict your souls in the day of the, of the month and even and from evening to evening shall be celebrated your Sabbath. So this is the establishment of the Day of Atonement. And when your soul, throughout history, that has been interpreted by uh, the Jewish rabbis. One of the way to afflict our soul was to fast and not in anything. You're afflicting your soul. There's also prayer. There's confession. And there's many, many things. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But there, was, there has to be a sacrifice. And uh, and we'll see that as we go along in uh, the book of Leviticus as well, uh, verse uh, chapter 16. It tells us that one day, the 10th day, today is the 10th day of the month of um, Tishrei. Now, the first day of the month of Tishrei was the new year of the Feast of Trumpets, the 10th day. Uh, it is the feast of Yom, or the celebration of Yom Kippur and then the 15th day is the beginning of uh, Sukkot or Tabernacle so on this fifth on the 10th day only the high priest was allowed to go into the sanctuary and the Holy of Holies into the Holy of Holies once a year to offer sacrifice and we're going to look at that as we go along and turn now I want to give you a little bit of history because uh there was uh, the, before the time of Jesus, uh, there was a man by the name of Simon the Just that declared the world rest among three things. He was a Jewish scholar and he said the, the, the world rest among three things, the Torah, law of the Lord, the temple worship, sacrificial system and the showing kindness to others, Torah, temple and kindness that he That was the thought of of Jewish time at that time. 200 years before Jesus came. The temple, the law, and kindness to others. But uh, we we will see that after Jesus ascended to heaven, uh, the temple was destroyed in the year 70 of our era, and their sacrifices were no longer there. And so... The rabbis and the people say, how do we atone for our sin now? There's no more sacrificial system. So the rabbis, and I emphasize on the rabbis because it wasn't God. The rabbis said from now on, because we have no temple, atonement will come through prayer or tefillah, through repentance or teshuvah, and through good deeds or righteousness, which it's that's where my name comes from. Sedaka in Hebrew. Now, the sedaka comes from tzaddik, which is righteous or righteousness. So for Jewish people, righteousness, that's what they taught. Righteousness comes, one of the ways is by doing good deeds. So nowadays, sedaka also means good deeds or charity, but originally it's righteousness. So that's a teaching of the rabbis. Now, God never changes plans. Atonement for God was always through the sacrifice of someone or some someone, I should say, and there had to be blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, right? So that's why I mentioned that so that we know where, where things came. And then there were other rabbis. I just want to give you a background. There was one that said, Yohanan ben Sakai, he would say that uh, he, we have... A means of atonement, he said, left that is as factual as a temple, that is loving kindness. And it's some of the mentality today, right? You know, just love everybody. And we love and you'll be okay and you're going to heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches. Yes, it teaches us to love one another. But there's got to be other things to happen if we want to go to heaven. A very famous rabbi who was in Spain, Maimonides, he was a doctor, he was a writer he was a philosopher he was a rabbi very well known talked about repentance Hmm? he said uh, now in our days when the house of the sanctuary exists no longer the temple is no longer we have no atoning altar repentance atones for all transgression now repentance is needed we need to repent of our sins that's a biblical teaching from the lord but somebody else has to do a sacrifice, and that's why he was lacking, Hmm? now again I say, the Bible always talks that atonement comes through shedding of blood, there is no substitute for that, and uh, only God can provide an atonement, because he provides the only perfect atonement from by his son, Yeshua the Messiah or Yeshua HaMashiach he provided he established this system of of uh, of sacrifices, and he established. But but he, but Israel didn't put faith, didn't trust, and it became just a routine. It became just a ritual, and it, and it wasn't so. God said, "Not enough. No more sacrificial system. Now I'm going to provide the sacrifice as He had promised before." And so He provided Messiah Yeshua as the ultimate sacrifice. As the only sacrifice acceptable to the Lord, as a final sacrifice. Huh? No more needed. On the cross for those who trust and believe. As we read earlier uh, in our in our gallery a, a few minutes ago, in Isaiah fifty-three, six. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned away in his own way. The Lord hath laid on him, on his Messiah, on his chosen one, on his uh, anointed one, Jesus the Messiah. He laid it on him the iniquity of us all, mine and all of ours. So uh, that is a final, final sacrifice. So um, as as we move on, interesting. I wanna I wanna mention this because it's important to understand what Jesus did. The Old Testament system of sacrifices. The word Kippur comes from Kaporah, which is a Hebrew for cover. Hmm? For instance, the cover of the ark, what well, we, we know as the, uh, uh, I can't think of the English word, it comes in Spanish to me, uh, the mercy seat, hmm? as we know as a mercy seat covering the ark is a covering, kapora. But it's interesting because in the old sacrificial system, even in Yom Kippur and the sacrifices, it was it would cover the sins. Whereas Messiah Jesus not only covers our sin, but erases our sins. The blood of Messiah erases our sins. Huh? Takes them away from ever. That's the difference between covering and total, total forgiveness of sin. I, I, I like it that my sins are not only covered. Why? Because sometimes you know the cover might come off. Whoop, there are my sins again. No. And uh, now they're forgiven. They're not there anymore. He erases them forever. So interesting that. So what does it mean for us today? Why, why, why Yom Kippur? What is the meaning of Yom Kippur for us today? How, how does atonement take place? So, we're going to look at uh, several things and several passages. Uh, as I said, in the synagogue, uh, starting today, this evening, until tomorrow, it's 24 hours. Most Jewish people fast. Uh Because of the repentance. And they try to confess our sins. And uh, there's long prayers. Uh, One of the things I like in the the Jewish tradition. Is that there is a long prayer in the service of Yom Kippur. That describes, I mean, a lot if not most of the sins that we commit. And everybody has to read it out loud. Why do I like that? Because sometimes you and I, I don't know if you do this or not, but sometimes we find it easier to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. It is not as easy to say, Lord, forgive me because I wasn't honest or because I was late or because I mistreated my wife or my children or because of this or that. And you enumerate them and say, wow, I am really a sinner. Wow, I really need forgiveness. I like that. To enumerate them all. Enumerate. Tonight we have a service in our congregation, a messianic congregation, uh, where we, uh, of course, Jesus is our Savior, our Messiah, and our atonement. But we say some of the things to remind us that we are truly sinners and how much sinner. Okay, so we move on. How does atonement happen today? I would I would follow uh, God's plan, and I would say the following. First of all, atonement happened in God's appointed time in god's appointed time uh in in as i said in leviticus chapter 16 verse 2 it says and the lord said unto moses speak unto aaron your thy brother that he comes not all, at all not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat which is upon the ark but that he would die he die not for i will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat so Aaron couldn't go into the Holy of Holies whenever he wanted. It is a God's appointed time. The high priest in the Holy of Holies only on the 10th day of this which I said starts tonight. Now, in Israel, we already started because uh, there are six hours ahead of us or seven hours ahead, so probably starting soon. But only on the 10th day. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, was also born and lived. In God's appointed time, the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4. about when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So in God's appointed time, Jesus came in God's appointed time. Why? Because God had appointed a time for atonement to take place. And Yom Kippur, it was a permanent statute as we uh, we can read in, in, in Leviticus again. Uh, it was That's why the Jewish people still celebrate it. It says in Leviticus 16, 29. And this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month or the tenth day of the month, ye shall afflict your souls and do no work at all. Verse 31, similar to that, it shall be a Sabbath of rest of you and you shall afflict your souls by a statute forever. Verse 34, and this shall be an everlasting statute unto you to make atonement for the children of Israel for all the sins of the year and he did as God told So it was on God's appointed time a permanent statute. That reminds us that we need to always be asking God to forgive us. But the atonement that Jesus did, the sacrifice that Jesus did was once and for all. Praise the Lord for that. When we celebrate the Lord's table or communion, as we have, uh, we don't we don't you know some wrong doctrine teach that you know he's he's dying again. No, no, no. The Bible is very clear on that. Hebrews chapter seven. Let's look at, at what it says. It says seven, seven times. I love this this book of Hebrew because in seven twenty six Hebrews seven twenty-six and twenty-seven says, For such a high priest, talking about Jesus, such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Verse 27, who needeth not daily, as those high priests, to offer up a sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people, uh, for the peoples. For this he did once when he offered up himself. Huh? Very clear. Chapter nine, verses verse twelve. Same thing. Neither by the blood of goats is it, but well this, we can start on verse eleven. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not with of this building, neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. One time. That's all it took. And and one more, just to, to make it clear, we didn't understand it yet. ten fourteen of Hebrews, same thing. Huh? For by one offering, he, Jesus, hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So he doesn't need to die again and again like some people do. No, he died once and for all. What well, we do, what we do uh, in celebrating the Lord's table is to remember what he did. We don't repeat again and again. Sacrifice once and for all. Well, we'll go in. So, the atonement of the Lord happened in God's appointed time. Not over and over again. In God's appointed time. The second thing is that God's appoint uh, atonement... Happen also in God's appointed way. Hmm. It didn't happen as, however, we know, we don't we don't go whenever we want. We don't do no. It God's appointed way. Some people like to worship God, however they please. and I won't go into that. That's another topic. Huh? But some people want to worship God in their own way, and I say, it's not a biblical verse. But I say, no way, Jose. That's not in the Bible. But that the Bible does establish that we need to worship him in spirit and in truth. And according to what he says, not what I like. Not my wants or my, uh, my desires. No, it's not to please us, it's to please him. So it happened according to his own way. So how did it happen? How did it happen the first time? And uh, I, I'm not going to read it all. But in Leviticus 16, it tells us why, how it happened in the old times in Israel. First, there were five sacrifices that the high priest had to do. Five animals. There was a young bull, two male goats, and two rams that were sacrificed. And there was an order that they had to follow. Uh, The bull was first sacrificed for the high priest and his family. And then he would cast lots on the two goats and he would uh, one one goat was to be sacrificed for the lord and one goat was to be sent out for azazel there's debate of what azazel means most agree that it was sort of a demon uh, some uh, some uh use it as a uh, a different place a place uh, that they had prepared outside of the camp but one was for the lord one was for azazel the lord's goat when he was sacrificed, he was slaughtered as a sin offering for the people of God, as a sin offering for Israel. But the interesting one—he put his hands on one and sacrificed it. Then he put his hands on the other goat, the goat for Azazel. He would be sent away from the camp into the wilderness, and it would be sacrificed away. Some uh, say that most commonly they would go. And they would let him jump into a cliff, out of a cliff, and he would die. And uh, historically, uh, Israel would set different Levites and different people all the way to where the goat would jump and die. And so they would give testimony, yes, he actually died. And so they would bring back the the, the word that the atonement was done because he was sacrificed outside of the camp hmm, over a cliff or a precipice. And then the rams were for burnt offerings for the high priest and for Israel. Now, then he, you know, it was a messy thing, all the sacrifices that the the high priest had to do. He had to change his clothes, he had to wash, and all these kinds of things. But uh, why is this important? Because as you see this, I'm glad we don't have to do all this today. Mm -hmm. But as you see this, you see why Jesus died the way he died Mm, there is similarity god's provision in jesus or yeshua as we call him in hebrew is very similar Mm. he was sacrificed in our place and we made mention to this earlier as well Uh, he was a sacrifice the the lamb of god that died for our sins as as john the apostle when he saw jesus come is behold the lamb of god that takes away the sin of the world he was in our place. Takes away the sin of my sin and everybody's sin. Takes away the sin of the world. His blood, just like the blood of the sacrifice that was uh, applied on the altar and uh, on different things, uh, his blood is applied to us. Jesus' blood is applied to cover and to clean and to erase our sin. He was, His blood was shed, as we said, not spilled. Uh, when I think of spilled blood, I think of an accident. I spill coffee or I spill water? No, Jesus' blood was not an accident. He died knowingly, and and uh, it was God's plan. It was on purpose. Huh? And then he carried on himself all the iniquities, transgressions, and sins, as we read in Isaiah fifty three six. Just like the uh, the the goat for Azalel, the priest would put his hands on his head and would confess the sins of Israel and everyone, and send it out to the wilderness to die. Similarly. Jesus was put outside the city limits to die for the sins of him. He was taken alive outside the city of Jerusalem and then nailed to a cross. do not any of you have been to Israel? None of you have. Maybe you'll join us. Someday. Why? I, I say, you know, you don't have to go to Israel to believe the word of God. Of course not. We go by faith, not by sight. But it, it, it affirms your faith and it's, and it confirms everything that the Bible says when you are in the places when all the Bible took place. Huh? And you see the places where he died and he rose again and where he walked. And and uh, it's a beautiful. But uh, I hope you can join us one day in one of our trips. But he was outside. When you see the place, he was outside of Jerusalem. And that's why there was always discussion between the two traditional places where they, they say he died. The way that we believe is a place where he died uh, is very, very outside of the old city walls. And you'll see that. So in all these ways, Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah, is God's provision for the forgiveness of our sin. Nothing else we need to do. That is God's way. Huh? First, we saw it was in God's time, but atonement happened in God's way. Not as we believe. People say, well, you can do this and you'll be saved. Or you do that and you'll be saved. no. Our sins are forgiven according to God's way. And God's provided a way. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. So it happened in God's time, in God's way, and also for in God's purpose. In Leviticus 16, verse 30, it tells us, for on that day, talking about the, the day of atonement, for on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you that ye may be clean why? That ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. So that is the purpose of the day. The holy priest entered alone. Uh, in verse 17, it tells us in that chapter that he had to go in alone into the Holy of Holies. No one could go with him. It says in Leviticus sixteen seventeen, And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when the high priest he goeth into uh, to make an atonement in the holy place until he come out and have made an atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. He had to go by himself. Jesus, when he died, he also faced faced death alone. His, his disciples abandoned him. Everyone, there were only two or three, his mother and John and a few other women, but Everybody abandoned him. Even we say the Bible says at that time he was all by himself, and and uh, and uh, his father turned his face away. He alone did it, just like the high priest did it. God, Jesus faced uh, the death for our sins and mine alone. Now, uh, that in the in the in the Old Testament, the Israelites that confessed their sins, that repented of their sins, and they trusted. In the sacrifice that was given, they were forgiven. In in, in Leviticus 16, it says that. all those uh, This will be made atonement for all that trust in him. They had to put their faith. That was the problem with Israel. That they just started doing this. Sacrifices just as a routine, but they wouldn't put their trust in him. But nowadays, today, all who confess their sins, repent and trust in Jesus' name and sacrifice can be forgiven and restored to a right relationship with the God the Father. Why does this have to happen? I clarify again another false doctrine, and I know that Brother Steve and others here understand this and teach the right way. But some people don't understand it, so we want to make it clear. The fact that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the whole world doesn't automatically forgive the sins of the whole world the fact that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the whole world doesn't mean that the whole world is automatically forgiven no to apply God's forgiveness we have to confess our sins repent of our sins invite him to be our savior and our trust in what he did on the cross at Mount Calvary and then he applies his forgiveness on our lives yes he died for the sins of all who trust him Yes, it is for the sins of all who believe in him and what he did for us, okay? So not the whole world is automatically saved like some preach, no. It is made effective when you trust in him and his atoning sacrifice for us. Repent, confess, repent. And then similar thing. Uh, Some people say, well, we're all children of God. And again, I say, no way that's not what the Bible teaches the Bible teaches that we're all God's creatures because he created us whether you believe that or not he is your creator so we're all God's creatures we're not all God's children according to John chapter 1 make sure I have it right in English because English is not my first language it says in John chapter 1, starting on verse 11, he came unto his own, his own received him not. But then in verse 12 says, but as many as received him, huh? to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Verse 13, who are which are born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. So, who are children of God, those that believe in him, trust in him, put their heart and accept him as Lord and Savior, Messiah, King of your life, Lord of your life. Those are the ones that are called children of God, by faith, not by the will of man. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, only begotten son, Jesus the Messiah, that whoever, whosoever believes in him, trust in him, put their life on his life, trusting what he did for us, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Only those are children of God, those who trust in Jesus, whether you're Jewish or not, whether you're Canadian or not, there's only one way, that is trusting in Jesus. What is the goal? The goal of the atonement was to bring us close to the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 10, says says it again and again, huh? that the goal of God in Hebrews ten verses nineteen to twenty two says, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holy holiest by the blood of Jesus. So when Jesus died on the cross, you remember one of there were several events that happened, but one of them that took place was a veil in the temple was uh, torn. Was the veil the veil divided the holy place into the holy uh, and the holy of holies? And so that veil was broken, and we have access directly to the Lord, no separation. So it says there, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. So why? Because as we saw back in Genesis, because of sin, the relationship and the fellowship between God and man was broken. Sin separates us from God. No more fellowship. So in order to have fellowship again with God, God gave his son. He gave his blood so that we trust in him and believe in him then we can restore the broken relationship with our father. That is the goal, according to Hebrews. First John 5.10 talks about believers. So what happens? We're believers. And we trust in Jesus. We're restored. We're saved. We're children of God now. We're justified before him. But what do we find? That sometimes we still sin. Because we're under the influence of sin in this world uh, until we are in perfect uh, in perfect relationship with the Lord in heaven, there is no sin in heaven, but in the meantime we're still under the influence of sin. so what do we do when we sin? Well there is a way out and God gave us a way out in first John chapter one verses uh, five to ten it says, then this is a message which we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not know the truth and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. He is writing to believers. But then it says, so we have, we have sinned. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So for believers, even when we sin, when we fall, we have a way to come back to him as to confess our sin and he is faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we don't have to wait. Or young people we don't have to wait like Jewish people do once a year uh, we can come to the Lord any time huh? we can come to him at any time and confess as many times as necessary he will forgive us so that's a purpose and I think this is his final point yes it is uh, it, atonement was done to God's appointed end what is the end of atonement we look at uh, there is there is also as I said at the beginning, all the feasts of the Lord remind us of something that happened, remind us of something that's happening today, but it also points to the future. And in this case, Yom Kippur has also a completion, even though Jesus paid it all, he fulfilled, he said it is finished, like we titled the sermon, it is finished. Uh, there is a future fulfillment of, uh, uh, of Yom Kippur for the nation of Israel. In Zechariah. Chapter 12, verse 10, beginning of verse 10 and going into chapter 13. (coughs) It says that when Jesus comes back, there will be a day starting on chapter 12, verse 10. It says, and I will pour, the Lord says, I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication. Hmm? Spirit of God. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Now this was written before Jesus came. And who had pierced God before Jesus came? Nobody had pierced. God hadn't been pierced. So it's talking about Jesus who was pierced for our transgressions. When he comes back, Israel will look unto him whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him, as one mourneth for his only son, and he shall be in bitter and shall be in bitterness for him, Jesus. As one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day. There will be a great mourning in Jerusalem. As a morning of Hadad rim, Rimon In the valley of Megiddo, And the land shall mourn every family. And so on and so forth. And then going to chapter 13. This is in that day. There shall be a fountain open to the house of David. And to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Look, that's what we say. It's is for Israel. It will be a fountain open. For sin and for uncleanness and it shall become it shall come to pass in that day says the lord of hosts that i will cut off the names of the idols out of the land and they shall no more be remembered and also i will cause the prophets and the unclean spirits to pass out of the land and so there is a time in the future when jesus comes back when israel as a nation this is Individuals, they're still believing in Jesus. That's why we're here, not chosen people, ministry. So the Jewish people will believe in Jesus as a Messiah. But as a nation, they will recognize him, accept him as Messiah. And that is a future fulfillment of what is going to happen. Revelation 20 and 21, uh, we won't read that because it's two chapters. But they talk about a future Happening in a judgment when all those that believe in Jesus and accept and have the sign, ah, the seal of the Holy Spirit in our lives, they will live for eternity in heaven with the Lord. And I put or not. That means those that have not trusted in Jesus, that don't have the seal of the Holy Spirit on them, they will not spend eternity with God. They will spend eternity in a place we don't like to mention, but it's also called hell. So the destiny is determined here. Hmm? The destiny of our souls for eternity is determined here while we're still alive. If you wait too late, it might always be too late, eternally late. And I know that those that are here are believers in Jesus, but maybe there's someone listening and uh, someone we know, some family or some relatives or others that we work with that don't understand that they have to make the decision here and now. What do you need to do? Recognize that you're a sinner and that you cannot save yourself. What do you need to do? You have to confess the sins to the Father. Say, Lord, I have sinned against you and others, and I repent of my sin. You have to repent of your sin and, and take make a 180-degree turn. And you're going against God, now you're going towards God, and you come to Him and you accept Jesus' sacrifice for your sins and mine. Accept that. And repent of your sins and ask him to come into your life. And he will come to live in you through the Holy Spirit. And then you begin a new life. You're born again, the Bible says. And you, in addition to your forgiveness of your sin, he gives you the gift of eternal life. And you can spend eternity with him. But you have to do it now, or there's still time. Like the Bible says, today is a day of salvation. Not tomorrow. We don't know. We're saved through faith. Not by works. so no one should boast. We're saved through faith, according to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Huh? Or by grace yourself you are saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, huh? So what? So that nobody would boast. Not by words. So nobody should boast. Look how much I did to be saved. No. Jesus paid it all. It is finished. And once we believe in him, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us through the Holy Spirit, and we are new creatures. We're born again believers. That's what we say. It is finished. God completed the work. When Jesus died on the cross, the last thing he said, it is finished. In Greek, word is, I always remember that. Tetelestai. It is finished. Tetelestai. That means the work is complete. He doesn't have to die again. Nobody else has to die again. No more sacrifices needed. Uh, I can pay for my salvation no matter how good I try to be, no matter how many things I give, no matter how much I help others, which is good. You still can't buy my presence, buy salvation. We cannot buy our way into it. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. It is finished. It is complete. Well, Revelation 21.6 says it a different way. It says it is done. The work is complete. Nothing else to be done. Revelation 21.6. Huh? Beautiful. No more, no, nothing to be added to God's word or to God's work. He did it all. He said unto me, It is done. Hmm? I am the, Jesus talking to John. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life. It is done. Completed. Now all we have to do is trust in him and believe in him. So, as we conclude, just as a review hmm? God's love and grace is in both. Old Testament and New Testament. Some people say, well, the Old Testament is all about judgment. And the New Testament is all about grace. No. God's love and grace are both judgment and grace, both in the Old and New Testament. God is at the same time righteous and judging and at the same time loving and gracious. He's not one or the other at different times like you and me. We cannot be twice. Sometimes we're judging and sometimes we're loving. No, God is both at the same time. That's why he's God and we're not. He is present in the Old Testament too. Yom Kippur is a preview of Jesus' perfect atonement for us. We don't, we don't, uh, we're not saved by our works. Jewish people are always trying to do more to see if they're accepted, and our message to them is: that's not enough. You'll never do enough. Only Jesus did it all for you. So, Jesus, Yom Kippur is about. In God's plan, there was always a need of blood sacrifice. So we're not ashamed of preaching on the blood. Okay. Now, it's not a pretty picture. That's why a lot of people don't preach on the blood of Jesus. It's not a pretty picture. But because of the blood, the precious blood of Jesus, who was shed for us, we preach it unashamedly. Because of the blood, I'm forgiven. you're forgiven. And anyone who trusts and confesses, trust and obey, can be cleansed by the blood. You need to recognize your sinfulness, confess your sins, repent, before the Lord and others. That's one thing about Yom Kippur. It's a time where Jewish people try to be, make things right with God and with others. We need to do that too. And so we can be re, uh, renewed and 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 reborn. Huh? So we repent before God. We repent if we offended others. And this is a time to get right with God and others. Let me pray as we conclude. Father, thank you so much for your feasts, for those appointed times that you asked Israel to meet with you at a different feast, and we thank you for this time of Yom Kippur, a day of atonement that reminds us it was a preview of your perfect atonement, final atonement, complete atonement, full atonement, who is good forever, the death of Jesus on the Thank you that he willingly, lovingly, obediently went to the cross, following your plan, gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins. Thank you that through the blood of Jesus, my sins can be not only covered, but forgiven and forgotten forever. May it be true for all of us here and for those that are listening as well. And may we share this good news with family, friends, friends, Neighbors, co-workers, and even foreign people or strangers. Because this is the greatest news ever given. Help us, Lord, to live according to your will. With the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Forgive us when we fail. And help us to live in the hope that one day we'll be in your presence. Without sin, without death. Living forever forever with you. We shall be sure how much here in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Are we off? I think so.